How many of y'all would agree with this statement right here? God has a crazy way of doing things sometimes. Anybody uh, ever seen, hey, Gary, has God done it? anything crazy in your life ever? <laughs> Never. <laughs> You're a liar. No, I'm just messing with you. But yeah, God has a crazy way of doing things sometimes uh, so that it takes faith to follow, okay? And so that's kind of, man, if, you, if God's doing something crazy in your life, he's given you an opportunity to please him. He's giving you an opportunity to receive faith from him and to follow him. And when you're following, do you know where you're going, Roger? No. Do you know how long you're going to be following? No. Do you, yeah. Do you know how long he's leading you in that direction until he says another direction? Exactly. You don't know anything. When you're, if you know your future, you're not following. I'm not saying there's things we don't know. God does have seasons he puts us in and certain things we know. Um, Zane, uh, Seth probably got Zane Seth. <laughs> I'm looking at Zane point at Seth. Zane Seth here, you guys probably, you have a schedule tomorrow, right, at work, you know, something that you know that has to get done. Is there a possibility it might get changed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a possibility. But so we know little things, you know, we know things, but, but the bottom line is, man, if you're following, you're following, you really don't know where you're going, you don't know long, how long you're going to be gone, you just follow. So the one you're following, you better be trusting. And he's the only one we can trust. So today, he's led me to do kind of a, a little bit of a crazy thing. We're, we're actually going through, Zane, we're going to go through 12 chapters of Exodus in the next 40 minutes. And uh, so we do the math and how fast, no, we're not, we're just hitting highlights on all of this. But this is what God has me do. Uh, Terry's like, oh, <laughs> one verse, there was one verse we're looking at. But I want, man, I, as I was praying, saying, God, you know, this one verse about Moses t taking faith for him to tell everybody about the Passover and how God was going to lead them out through this one crazy act and, and being able to tell you about that. Man, I got to start from kind of the beginning, but I, here's all I want you to really, really remember in here. OK, so everybody, everybody start doing this real quick. Do this. Come on. Help me out, man. You see everybody's doing it and say, forget about my plans. That's the first step in faith. You see why I'm doing this? You got to scramble your plans up. How many of y'all have, you, you may have all good intentions of following God, but then your plans get in the way. Anybody? You got plans to start getting in the way? First thing you got to do, man, to have faith and to follow is you got to get, you got to forget about your plans. Every time your plans and your flesh start surfacing to the top, Man, I want you to do this. I want you to scramble your brain and say, only you, God, only you, God. You've got to forget about your own plans. One more time, everybody, come on, help me out. Forget about my plans. All right, we got that? Because there's going to be a quiz on this later, Ann. All right? All right, I know you're right. She's writing it down right now. But, uh, yeah, forget about my plans. The next thing, so once you know what God's plan is and, and you're only remembering his plans because you're forgetting about your plans, everybody do this. You're going to accept God's plans. You're putting it in your heart. You're going to accept his plans. How many of you all know what God's plans are? You forget about it because the Holy Spirit just keeps nagging you about it. And you can't, you, you're there, but, but you've had a hard time accepting God's plans. Anybody here ever have a hard time accepting God's plans? Yeah, you can't follow unless first you forget about your plans. But second, you must accept God's plan. You must say, dude, it makes no sense at all, but God, I trust you and I'm accepting it. This is not what I planned. This is not what I was thinking. Anybody have those moments? Anybody here can identify with this is not what I was thinking was going to happen? This is not what I would have picked. This is not. Or maybe it could be. Dude, this is awesome. And, and you're having a hard Sometimes we have a hard time accepting awesome plans from God. Don't we? You know? When God told me that I was supposed to plan a church to the beach... And I'm like, no, I'm too old to plan a church. I can't. No, I'm, I'm not going to. How am I going to? How am I going to? All these things. I wouldn't accept his plans. It took me almost six months to accept his plan until he just drop kicked me and said, you're doing it. And I'm so grateful. And then I'm paddleboarding around with people, taking them, trying to pay bills. And I'll never forget telling some people, they're like, well, man, this is really cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm only doing this until I get a real job. And then some little kid looks up at me and says, but you have the coolest job in the world. And I'm just like, God. And God's like, this is legal. This is what I want you to do. I want your office to be the paddle boards. Later, I want your office to be a boat. I want your office to be out there with people. And I'm like, okay, even good things sometimes we have a hard time accepting God's plans. So here we go. In following him, first thing we need to do is what? Forget, 
Forget about our plans. Next thing we need to accept God's plans. But how many of you have ever forgot about your plans, accepted God's plans, and then you sat on your rear end? As they say in the old hymn book, you sat on your blessed assurances. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you sat on it and said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to do it when it all set fixed. When all this happens and this is gone and this is in place and this is gone. How many of y'all have been waiting for the perfect moment to implement God's plans and it hasn't happened yet? Right now is the perfect moment if he's telling you it's the perfect moment. If your circumstance, situations, man, if God's telling you it's the right time, it's the right time. So first thing is we got to forget about our plans, accept God's plans. Everybody do this. That's implement God's plans. Put some feet to them prayers. Put, put, put some action into it, okay? Zane, Zane and Seth, man, I can pick on you. Guys, stand. Roger, help them out, man. Right here, we got the crew. Y'all stand up real quick right here. All right, so the first part, I'm just going to say it. You guys do it for all of them. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans and implement God's plans. You like that? I like the booty shake in that. That's good. All right. All right. All right. So, so we've got this. We've got this. We've got this. But how many of you in the middle of implementing God's plans have ever gotten distracted, disappointed, discouraged? Yeah, we've all been there. And so the next thing is we must trust that God's plans will work. And, and we got to almost put blinders on. We trust him. This is trusting him, guys. Do this, man. Trust him. This is trusting him. I'm only listening to him. I'm only looking at him. I'm not la, 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 la. The world's trying to get your attention. Other people are trying to discourage you. Other people are trying to say, you're an idiot for following God. This doesn't make any sense. And you're like, la, 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 la. I'm only listening to God and looking at God. That's what you have. Anybody ever find you have to do that while you're trusting him? Because the devil will throw everybody and everything in your path to get you to trust anybody or anything other than God. All right. So we have forget about my plans, accept God's plans, implement God's plans, trust that God's plans will work. How many of y'all have ever gotten that far? Anybody gotten that far? And then what's next, dude? It's like, it's, it's like you're holding on, man. You're holding on to that ski rope, and all of a sudden, they throw the throttle down, and it's going. Zoom! Have anybody ever experienced that? Man, you put the trust in, and you just better hold on. Because, again, if you're following, do you know where you're going? No, he's driving the boat, man. He's taking you wherever he wants. You lose the ski too bad. I'm just saying, man, hold on. Hold on. That's how do you think barefoot skiing got invented, bro? Yeah. You think they did that on purpose one day? One day, some, I was drowning like, all right, all right, yeah, look at this. Now they have competitions barefoot. I'm just saying. So did anybody realize what the first letters of all of those spell? Faith. Faith. All right, so I want you to remember this more than anything today. So help me out. Everybody do this one more time. You know you're going to do it a bunch of times. My wife said, don't make me do it anymore. I'll bring you up here. No, she won't. Oh, look at that look. She's like, I'll bring you up here. No, all, right. all right, help me out, man. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust that God's plans will work and hold on tight. You guys got that? Yes. Who's got it, man? Terry, go ahead. Come on, man. You got it. Oh, stand up, dude. You can't do it all without standing up. You and Sophie, man. All right. You and Sophie. Come on, man. I still got 12 chapters to go, so you better hurry up. No, I'm just like, all right, man. All right, come on, help me out. Say what he's doing, man. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust God's plans. And hold on tight. Right on. Anybody in the middle over here got it? Anybody over here bold enough to get it in the middle over here? They're going, oh, please don't call on me. All right, how about the whole middle just stand up and go, come on, man. Come on, the whole middle. You're like, dude, that's why we sat in the back of this chair. That's all we got back there. We didn't want to have to do this. All right, come on, man. You guys got this. All right. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust that his plans will work. And hold on tight. Good, man. Awesome. All right. You guys have already done it, right? But I know you're itching to do it, right? All right. It, whoever's itching to do it, just stand up. Whoever's yeah. itching to do it. Yeah. Scratch that itch, baby. Scratch that spiritual itch. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Forget about my plans. 
accept God's plans, implement God's plans, trust that his plans will work, and hold on tight. Dude, we can go home. If God didn't have 12 chapters for me to go through. All right, super quick, man. We've got to see this. But how many of y'all got this now? Man, you can't forget this. This is what faith is all about. And so in Hebrews 11, 28, here's the one verse, Terry. Yeah, uh, it, it says, it was by what? Faith. faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. Sounds reasonable, sounds logical until you really think about what Passover is. Because they didn't have all the Christology and theology we had. All they knew is, dude, to get out of Egypt, we got to kill a lamb that we love for four days and smear blood on the doorpost. How's that getting us out of here? They, Moses had no clue that referred to Christ and all of these things. You know, maybe there was some inkling. They were starting to put it together. I think during this time period, though, they were more worried about getting their tail kicked by Pharaoh, who was very angry about all the plagues. And so they didn't have this beautiful picture of Christ that we do now. They're like, we need to get out of here. And God said, yeah, take a lamb and, and love it for a few days. Kill it and smear the blood on the doorpost. And eat it while you're dressed, all right? And go when I say to go and take a bunch of jewelry with you. What a crazy plan. Does that not sound like a crazy plan? But again, you got to forget about your plans. You've got to accept God's plans, implement God's plans. You've got to trust God's plans. And you've got to just hold on tight. And that's what they were doing. So it's by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost. They didn't sprinkle blood, dude. They took hyssop. They were painting the blood on the doorposts. And that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. That was what was going to protect them. And that sounds crazy. But everything that God tells us sounds kind of crazy to the world, doesn't it? That's why only when we're born again and we're alive spiritually that we can understand it. And it makes any kind of... And the only thing that makes sense is that God said it, so I'm going to do it. If we could figure it out, it wouldn't take faith. And so to understand really what this is, we got to go. And we're going to quickly start in Exodus 1. And by the way... If you're following your Bible, and I'm just going to hit high points that I'm thinking are high points. I know there's so much in here. And if you think of something that's very important. Where are you going, man? No, I'm just like, <laughs> just like I'm getting out of here for everybody else. Uh, if, 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 dude, at least wait till chapter 9. No, but if you hear something, if you hear something, and you're thinking about something in this chapter that it sticks out to you, by all means, say it. We're like family at the dinner table, all right? So if one of the highlights, you're like, oh, you forgot about this. Yes, there it is. Because I guarantee it's going to be just as crazy as the other things we think about. So here it was. Israel, basically, um, they were starving under Jacob and all of this. There was a famine God set up. Joseph, they're being sold through slavery, ends up as second in command in Egypt. And all of a sudden, at the end, he's able to bring his whole family with him. How many people were with him? 70 people, basically, 70, 72, some, somewhere in that area. There was that many people that were with them when they came. And they ended up with 2 million people at this particular time. And it was almost 300 years. Almost 300 years was going on when they had just really good times. And it wasn't until maybe the last 100 to 120 years, and this is the culmination of it here, when things really started getting rough. When all of a sudden they started taking over and people were like, hey, man, this is Egypt. This ain't Israel. Hey, man, we're in charge, not you. And, 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 and there started to be some tension in all this. But they had it good for about 300 years. And, and, they, and they, were, they were awesome. Man, everything was going good. They were growing their crops. Their, their, God was making them strong. And he was preparing them for the next step was to take them in the wilderness and then have them conquer the promised land and go in and, and, and that'd be their, their, their area. That's what God was doing. He had a plan in all of it. But a new king came in and knew nothing about Joseph. This is years, years, 300 years, 400 years later. They were there for 420 years, 430, some say 440, somewhere 400 something years that they were there. And, um, and so a new king came in and he didn't know anything about Joseph. And the new king came and said, well, man, look, there's two million of them and there's only a certain number of us. And the way this new pharaoh or king came into action or way he came into leadership was he had enough people to overthrow the current government. So he's thinking they got enough people to overthrow this government, so we better do something to subdue them. Because don't we judge others by ourselves? If that's how we came into power, then wouldn't you always be worried about somebody else coming into power the same way? And so that's what he was doing. We better do something. So what did he do? He's afraid, and he worked Israel to death, man. What did he do? You remember he, uh, 
he just starts, he starts working them really, really hard, making them go and get in their own straw, all this. Well, now that was later, all of that. Um, and and he, was, he was afraid, and, and he said, Seth, Zane, you preached on it uh, about babies, right? Yeah. You know? And, and so he's like, man, we can't let any more be born. So if it's a boy baby being born, then, man, kill it, throw it into the river. And it wasn't working because these women weren't like the wimpy little Egyptian woman. These were tough. You know what a birthing stool was in, in Egypt for the Hebrew women? It was two rocks. Dude, they didn't have the luxuries. Y'all have those little cup holders and all those, you know. I'm joking. It's no luck. And, and you know, what, what's that little thing? The epidurals. and yeah. Dude, these ladies squatted on a rock, man. And the midwives come in to go kill the baby. And boom, baby's there. And it's like, nope, they're squatting on a rock. Bam, there's another baby. Squatting on a rock, another baby. Boom. And, but the midwives really didn't want to kill them anyways. Because midwives feared God and let them live. And it was all part of God's plan. So it isn't working for the king. And any details you have about any of these chapters, throw out to me. But here's the deal. All of a sudden, they're not favorable anymore in the kingdom. They went from 70 to 2 million. The king is now working to death, trying to kill them off. How would you like if that's God's plan for you now? How would you like to be in the middle of that plan? All of a sudden, most of us think when God's doing something awesome and we have stuff to throw in the praise jar, man, that's God. But when we're in this situation here, we don't see it as God. But God works in a number of crazy ways. That's why it takes faith to follow. So in this, out of chapter one, we got to remember, here's what kept Moses going, or here's what, here's what keeps you going. One, help me out. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Help me out. Implement God's plans. Trust that they will work. How did they know that God was going to take them out? Because Joseph said, when you go, bring my bones out with you. They knew they were going out. And so they just needed to hold on tight. They're getting beaten. Their babies are getting killed and some are escaping. It's a bad situation, but they got to believe this is somehow part of God's plan. And when you know it's God's plan, you just hold on tight. That's what faith is. But you got to have all of those. So Exodus 2 comes um, and uh, all of a sudden this little dude named Moses is born. Uh, Maybe I lost the battery here. Nope, I didn't. All right, good. Moses is born, and his mom says, oh, what a beautiful baby. Don't think we'll kill this guy. Well, that's kind of what it looks like. But basically, God said, no, we're going we're gonna to preserve this guy. we got plans for him. And so she floated him down the Nile. I remember you preaching about it. You know what I was thinking when they were floating him down the Nile, Zane? I'm thinking, do you know what you forgot to say was in that, in that Nile? Dude, crocodiles! <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking all the things. Mom's like, yeah, I'm floating them down. And where's he going? Dude, how did he even, even if she knew that Potiphar's daughter was going to grab him, she even knew how that was going to work out. In between there and Potiphar's daughter are probably Nile crocodiles. Man, floating your beautiful little baby. Doubt could do that with Gabriel. Yeah, make you a little basket with pitch and tar and stick them in there and float them down and hope it all works out. What if God told you to do that? Now, God's not telling you to do that. All right. It was a one-shot deal right here, man. But even if God was telling you, man, you had the choice. My plan is to raise Gabriel up. Man, I'm, I'm not going to forget about my plan. Okay? Okay, I'll forget about my plan. And then, and then I'm going to accept God's plan to send him down. But now it comes time to implement. You're like, I just can't do it. Can you imagine what it took for his mom to do that? And, and she flowed him down the Nile. He was found and raised by the princess in the palace after he got to be nursed in, uh, by his own mom and got paid for all of that. And so for 40 years, the dude lived in the palace. And, 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 and he learned the best of everything. He didn't have a, a you know, he was, he was just Egyptian. And he was Egyptian hierarchy, man. He was being trained uh, to be Egyptian of all Egyptians. And he did that for 40 years. How many of y'all are 40 years or younger? <laughs> All right, uh, Chris. Like, was waiting to see if I said forty or Are you forty, bro? Is it... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, dude, you were hesitant right there. All right. Yeah, forty or younger, dude. Can you imagine that's your life for forty years, and then all of a sudden God starts stirring your heart to do something different? Man, anybody can identify God stirring your heart after quite a bit of time. Yeah. And you know what? You have a choice. You can forget about your, but I've done this, but I've done this, but I've done this, but I've got this, but I, God, you don't understand. No, God says, let me throw it all out. I, I want you to forget about your plans. I want you to accept my plans. I want you to implement my plans. I want you to stay focused, and I want you to trust my plans. And then, buddy, hold on. Are you holding on, Seth and Charlotte? Are you holding on? 
Yeah, dude. And so, man, so he, he, 40 years later, Moses is now getting the stirring to do God's will. But the problem is he did God's will his way. You remember what happened? All of a sudden, hey, I'm supposed to rescue these, 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 these Israelites. That's what I'm supposed to do. And he saw an Israelite getting beat up by an Egyptian or whatever, and he didn't look. So, all right, he's starting to forget about his plans, right? He's accepted, all right, I'm probably going to have to leave the palace. I'm probably going to have to, maybe I'll have to leave the palace. You know, whatever I have to do, it's all good, but I'm going to go rescue the, Egypt, the Israelites from the Egyptians. And then he stopped when he went and saw him getting beat up, and he killed him and buried him in the sand. Was that God's plan? No. God can use that and work with it, but that wasn't God's plan. He didn't go the rest of the way. He didn't implement God's plan. It's important to follow the whole thing. Forget about your plan. Accept God's plan, but then implement whose plan? Not just your plan. Don't just get a goal from God and go for it. I don't know about you, but me, I am so not the sharpest marble in the box. I have to say, God, what's, what do I do now? And do it. God, what do I do now? And I do it because I spent a lot of my Christian life where God says, I want you to get over there to that praise jar. And I just run as fast as I could. And I would get to the praise jar and say, now what, God? Now what? Now what? And he said, you missed everything along the way. It's not about the destination. or it, it, It's about the destiny. It's everything along the way. When we paddleboard. Anybody here been paddleboarding with me? All right. And, and there's some times where we got to get from this point to this point. But it's not about getting from this point to this point. It's about all the stuff we see along the way, isn't it? It's the stuff we see along the way, and it's the same thing in life. But our American dream, the way our brains are wired, we set goals and we, boom, run over people to go get them. And we miss everything along the way where God wants us to be alike. Moses saw, oh, goal is to go rescue the Israelites. I'll go do it. I'll do, I'll do God's will my way. And I think we're guilty of that sometimes. And that's what he did. So what happened to Moses next? He found out Pharaoh was going to try to kill him, so he ran. And he took off. And where'd he go? Anybody remember? Median. He went to Median. And how long did he stay there? 40 years. So from age 40, he's, a, he's tried to do God's will, and all of a sudden it didn't work out. So <laughs> he took off and went to Median. It was pouting for 40 years. He pouted. Anybody hear powder? Point at a powder. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. He sat there. Well, I tried, and it didn't work. Try again. This time, try to do it right. This time, implement God's plan. Do it the right way this time. But God had a purpose in that 40 years. God either Egypt wasn't ready, or he wasn't ready for Egypt. That's what happens sometimes. I remember when I first got out of seminary, and I wanted a church so bad. And God, and I'm in a wood shop, and I got to witness to so many dudes drill, delivering truck, uh, truckloads of lumber to me, and, and workers, though guys who were, were who were installing the stuff I was building, and so on. And I'm like, but I want a church where I can preach and I can do this. And God said, you're not ready for the church, and the church isn't ready for you. You just wait for my timing. He said, you got to forget about your plans. Help me out, man. Forget about your plans. Gotta accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. What's the next step, Roger? Trust God's plans. Get all that other junk out of your head and then hold on. Because once he takes off with that boat, man, you're gone. So Moses, man, he took off for 40 years. And he wasn't, you know how bad of a shepherd he was? He didn't even have his own sheep. <laughs> Dude, think about that. For 40 years, he's taking care of his father or somebody else's sheep. How unmotivated. I mean, Moses was a prince in the palace. Now he's taking care of somebody else's sheep. He'd lost all ambition. I think he was kind of loosely following God. He knew enough, whatever. He was just kind of just wandering out there. But then when we hit, uh, oh, he fell to escape. Okay, hang on. Uh, at the same time in that chapter, God uh, has Israel cry out, and God hears them. So God's like, hmm, you know what? I'm not done with you, Moses. It's, it's getting ready. So 40 years later, he hears Israel cry out, and, and God hears them, and now God is going to go approach Moses. But Moses had to get some things right. So again, help me out again. Mike, you got it. Oh, Roger, you got it. You got it, man. Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust God's plans. And then hold on, baby. That's it, man. Right on. 
and yeah. He was a shepherd. He learned how to lead the sheep, so he could, and that trained him so he could lead his people. God wasn't wasting his time. Nope. Yeah. Even though Moses, without there probably, I'm just throwing that all in. I, I can't wait to get to heaven and watch God flicks and see if Moses sloped the whole time. But I will say he was not an ambitious shepherd. He, he just was out filling some time, 40 years. But you're right. He learned during that time. You're exactly right. And so uh, whatever God's called you to do today, he's been preparing your whole life to do it. I'll, I'll guarantee he has. So guess what happens? Exodus 3, the burning bush. Moses is out there, and all of a sudden there's a bush burning. Well, no big deal, only this bush isn't getting burned up. And this bush talks. <laughs> this bush talks. What are you going to do with that, Carl? <laughs> yeah. Are you, or are you going to run? <laughs> How many of y'all, y'all see a bush burning, you're like, and the bush starts talking? I'm going to find out if it's God or the devil first. But, but it was such a way that it was God, and Moses listened. God knew that's how he had to get his attention. And so guess what, man? Burning bush. God tells Moses' plan. Oh, here's my plan, by the way. I'm going to use you, okay? Even though you ran away, been gone 40 years, it didn't work the first time. I'm still, you're my man. You're my man. I'm going to use you to basically lead all of Israel, all 2 million people out of Egypt. And what do you think Moses was thinking all of a sudden? Because we know what he said, right? What was Moses thinking? Yeah, how in the world are you going to do that? How in the world is he going to do it? By forgetting about his plans, accepting God's plans, implementing God's plans, trusting God's plans and holding on. Any other way was not going to work. And God says, yeah, I'm going to lead you, but here's what's going to happen. I'm going to use you. You're going to do miracles. You're going to do phenomenal things on my behalf. You're going to show Pharaoh what's the, who's the boss, all this, and I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, and he's not going to let you go for a long, long time, and then you're going to finally get to lead him. Does that sound like a great plan to you? How many of y'all are signing up for that management course? You know what I'm saying? But he has no choice because this is what God has called him to do. And whatever God does is right. God tells Moses' plan. It makes no sense. And what does Moses do? Makes excuses, right? Hey, I've been so far removed. I don't even have an Egyptian accent. I have a redneck accent, a sheep herder accent. I, th I don't even remember what it was like. I put all of that out of my mind because I was so discouraged from failing in doing that. God, I can't, I can't talk right. God, I can't. I have no influence. I have no street cred back there anymore. And so Moses made all kinds of excuses. But what he needed to do again was forget about his plans, accept God's plans, implement God's plans, trust in God's plans, and hold on tight. Anything else was not going to work. Exodus 4. So what does Moses start out in Exodus 4 doing? Read it. What did he do? More excuses. How many of y'all have made more excuses to God than you could even name? Anybody? Anybody want to admit to that? Yeah. I can't do this that you call me to do because of this. I can't do this because of this. No, you can't do it because it's a lack of faith. You don't believe God can do it if that's what God's called you to do. And you need to ask God for that faith. You need to forget about your plans, accept God's plans, implement God's plans, trust God's plans, and you need to hold on. Moses made more excuses, but God made some miracles. So God said, all right, I'll tell you what, Moses, give me your stick. Give me your stick, Moses. And he took, God, he took Moses' stick, and he said, throw it down. What happened to the stick? Turned into a snake. Now, that ain't the miracle. All right, so how many of y'all could take a stick and throw it down? Could you throw it? Hey, Barbara, could you take a stick and throw it down and God make that into a, into a snake, right? And that's cool. But you know what God asked Moses to do next? What did he ask him to do next? Pick it up. How many of y'all, would that would be a greater miracle right there? <laughs> Pick the snake up by the tail and it's going to become a stick again. How many of y'all say, all right, <laughs> I'm going back to my plans <laughs> in that. Dude. So he picked it up and it became a stick again. He said, not only that, put your hand in your bosom. Okay, I can do that. He pulls it out, and he's got leprosy. <laughs> like, ah! And, 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 and so all of a sudden, God says, stick it back in. He's like, okay, and it's healed again. God was showing Moses his power. So guess what? Moses says, all right, I'll go. I'll go. It ain't going to work, but I'm going to go. I'm just going to go. God, <laughs> God, I'm just going to go. What's the worst they can do? Kill me? And then I go be with you? I'm going. And when he went... He went to the elders first, and he said, hey, guys, watch this. And he picks it up, and he's like, hey, you want to try? No, I'm good. I believe you, Moses. <laughs> he showed them the miracles, and the elders believed Moses is from God. Man, what a miracle that is to get 
the elders, over two million people. Can you imagine getting a small group of leaders together? Who would that not be a miracle if somebody could get just the Florida legislature to all agree on something together? Let alone all the states with that's what he with two million people. That's what he did. He got all of them to agree. Is that not a miracle? And the way that became a miracle, the way that worked out is because Moses, for that little bit of time, did what? Help me out. He forgot about his plans. He accepted God's plans. He implemented God's plans. In spite of his better judgment, he did what? Trusted God's plans because God's judgment was way better than his. And then he did what? He held on tight. That's what he did in this whole thing. And that's the only reason it worked. You do anything less and it will not work. Exodus 5. Moses goes to Pharaoh, okay? Pharaoh doesn't, uh, doesn't really know who Moses is. This is a new Pharaoh. Moses is like, hey, I represent God, Jehovah God, Yahweh God, you know, the God of the covenant of the Israelite people and all this stuff. I represent this God. And um, Pharaoh's like, dude, I have lunch with gods. I'm a god. <laughs> that Pharaoh, that's Pharaoh. They believe, I'm a god. I have lunch with gods. We have business meetings with gods. I don't know your god. Who's your god? Who is he? And Moses is like, uh... <laughs> Okay, he, he said, tell you, I, I, I am. He's always, has been, always, fully is now, and always will be. But Pharaoh's like, dude, get out of here with your God. I don't know your God. You're, you know what? Your people are just lazy. They're lazy, and that's my whole entire workforce, two million people. If your people leave, who is going to take care of all the things those two million people do in our society? No, just get back to work, and just so you don't come up with any more nonsense, we're going to make it even harder for you. And that's when they said, you're going to make as many bricks you're going to make, but you're going to go get your own straw. You're going to go get your, and he made the work way harder, and way harder. And if the people didn't succeed, what did the taskmasters do to them? They beat them. You're a worker and you're getting beat for something you didn't do. How, how are you going to think about it? Would you think that's God's plans, Jared? No, I'm thinking I need another job. But what if that's the only job? That is God's plan for them at this point. Whatever he's got us through, going through, it's only a temporary thing. Romans 8, somewhere in 13, 17, somewhere in there, he says, the sufferings of this life for us, are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us later. Man, the worst things that could happen to us in this life are nothing compared to the, what heaven's going to be like forever for us. We're on the clock for Christ. Go read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Go read about what's going on in the rest of the world where, where people are having revival and Christians are getting killed. Go read about martyrdom and all of that. And then tell me about, oh, I get picked on at work for shit. No. So in this, Pharaoh, man, refuses, says, I'm going to make life miserable. And so the foremen now, the, 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 the Israelite foremen come, and they're like, Moses, ever since you came on the scene, things are getting worse for us. Moses, how? Man, I hope you go to God and God judges you, Moses. If you're Moses, do you think that you're following God's plan? Would you have some questions whether you were? How could God be letting this happen? So where did Moses go? Moses complains to God. The foreman complained to Moses. Moses complains to God. And God said, just keep going. Just keep going. It's going to get worse, Moses. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Just hang in there. How many of y'all ever gone to God and God said, just hang on. It's going to get worse. <laughs> How many of y'all glad God didn't tell you that it was going to get worse, but just to hang on? How many of y'all have ever hung on and it got worse? <laughs> but then it got better once it all comes through. And it might not get totally better till heaven. <laughs> but it's going to be way better. So Foreman complained to Moses. Moses complains to God. And so, again, the only way Moses could keep going. Mike, you got this, man, just to help you stay awake. You're in church, all right, bro? Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust God's plans. And then do what? Hold on tight, Hold on tight baby. That's it. That's the only way it's going to work. Exodus 6, real quick. God tells Moses he's going to deliver the people. Moses tells God's people, you're going to get delivered. His people refuse to listen because they're in so much what? Pain. You ever been there? You ever been in so much pain that you can't accept the promises of God's word? You ever been in so much emotional, mental, physical, even spiritual pain that no one can comfort you? That you're just not going to listen? You're in good company. Too many people were there. Does that mean God quits and says, oh, I guess this plan ain't going to work? Does that mean the leader says, hey, God, nobody's listening. Let's just quit. Let's do something else. Is that what happens in this? 
Did they just quit and say, you know what? Nobody's getting it. Let's just quit. Leslie, is that what happens? No, you're right. Because the leader implemented this. Leslie, help Roger out with this. I don't think he's got it yet. Leslie, I don't think Roger's got it yet. Because Moses forgot about his plans, accepted God's plans, implemented God's plans, trusted only in God's plans, and then he held on. Yeah, <laughs> only with their help, bro. Only with their help. Always. Can you imagine, though? That's where they're at. Nobody's listening. Nobody's following. There's no solution in sight. The people are in so much pain, they can't get it. And I know we've been there, but aren't you glad there were people that stuck with us? Aren't you glad there were people helping us see life from God's word? Aren't you glad that one day the pain went away enough for you to be able to accept those promises? And you've gotten to see those promises come. So if you're in that kind of pain right now, where you're having a hard time, Again, that pain can be mental, physical, emotional, even spiritual. Hang in there because there's light. There's glory at the end of it. God's doing something right now. So Exodus 7, let's see what happens. God's plan. Oh, hey, Moses, in case like you forgot, here's the plan I got for you. Tell Pharaoh what I'm going to do. That you know, Just, just, just tell Pharaoh that I'm going to deliver the people, but, uh, uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to harden his heart. Uh, you know, Pharaoh, I got a plan to get rid of, you know, to, to deliver everybody, but I'm going to keep hardening Pharaoh's heart for a while. Okay, so Moses goes in and talks to Pharaoh, and Moses is like, all right, well, the tricks work with the elders. So what did Moses do? He took his staff, and Cheyenne, what did he do? He threw it down, and it became a what? And he said, yeah, watch this, Pharaoh. Poof, you got to let the people go. And then he said, watch this. This is even better. And he did what? He picked it up, and he shows them all the miracles, and then Pharaoh's guys did what? Same the same thing, and Moses is like, Oh, <laughs> that's all I got in my bag of tricks. <laughs> that's all he gave me right now. So Moses is like, okay, Pharaoh's not listening, and Pharaoh's pretty ticked, and he's going to make things even harder probably. So God says, well, I'm just going to start this little thing I call plagues. And it's, and it's going to ultimately come down on their firstborn because Israel's my firstborn. And so I'm going to end up taking their firstborn. Just know it's going to have to come down to this. Just make it through all of this because I am going to deliver you. You are going to take Joseph's bones out. You are going to reach the promised land. All of this is going to happen. So the first thing, he turns the water, uh, Moses uh, and Aaron hold the rod over and they turn the Nile River. All the water into blood. Well, the Nile River. And, and so what do Pharaoh's magicians now do? Tell me this isn't just stupid. <laughs> all right, so the Nile's blood, all right? And so you've got a little bit of drinking water left. So if your magicians are going to show them what's what, what would you think would be the best thing for those magicians to do? How about undo it? But guess what? They didn't have the power to undo it. You're going to see they don't have the power to undo anything God has. They don't have the power to do anything except if God gives them the power to do it. So they're like, well, they probably did try to undo it. Pharaoh, we can't do it. And he says, well, then just turn everything else into blood. So... They turn all the water into blood. They're digging holes and it's blood. And it's seven days and nobody's got any clean water. It's like, hey, you want a cup of blood? No, I think I'm good. You know, it's like, so everything's blood. And, and out of spite, the magicians turn the water into blood. How can you keep going if you're Moses? I mean, literally seven days. Could you guys go seven days without water? I watched y'all during hurricane. <gasps> There's no bottled water in the store. We're going to die. Right? <laughs> Forget about sucking on the water hose when you were a kid, right? You still got the hack. But, but literally seven days, can you imagine the turmoil? How many of you as leaders would say, enough's enough. God, this plan is not very good. I'm not following anymore. God, this plan's not a good plan. The only way Moses could keep going and eventually tell him about the Passover was if he forgot about his plans, accepted God's plans, implemented God's plans to the T with every one of these plagues. And then how many of y'all just see Moses walking into Pharaoh? I'm trusting this plan. I'm trusting this plan. I'm going to talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's not going to kill me. God's going to let me tell. I mean, I'm trusting. I'm trusting. I'm trusting. That's what he had to do. And he had to hold on tight because it was going to work. Exodus 8. You never see me go through chapters this fast. Dude, it's flying. Yeah. <laughs> if I can only swim as fast behind you with my fins, man. All right. So... 
guess what happens? Blood's gone, okay, after seven days. And, and so almost with almost all of these, and you can go back and read these 12 chapters on your own to get all the details, but most of them, God does give a warning first and say, hey, if you don't let my people go, I'm going to do this. After a while, he starts saying, hey, Moses, just do this. Moses, just do this, and stuff happens because they already know why it's happening. So guess what? He says, you know what? There are going to, how many of y'all like frogs? Okay, you like frogs? But do you like them in your bed? Do you like them in your toilet when you sit down? No. Do you like them in your, in your plates when you pull them out of the cabinet? Do you like them in your refrigerator? Do you, how many of y'all would love to have frogs everywhere? Ashley, that'd freak you out, wouldn't it? Frogs everywhere. So God says, you know what? There's going to be a frog everywhere you look, everywhere, if you don't let my people go. And, yeah, right. So guess what God did? He made frogs where? Everywhere. Everywhere. Pull out your underwear drawer. There's frogs. (laughs) I'm just saying there's frogs everywhere. Think of the most unlikely place you would like to see a frog, and there was a frog there. All right? And, And so many that at the end, they were literally scooping them up and making piles out of them. So guess what? If you're an astute magician trying to show God who, who you are and how powerful you are, what are you going to do to show him up? Get rid of them. Yeah, get rid of the frogs. But they couldn't get rid of the frogs, so guess what they did? They made more, they made more frogs <laughs> by the power of Satan who got his power from God. And, and so pa- finally, Pharaoh, probably at the encouragement of his wife, <laughs> Pharaoh's like too stubborn. No, his wife's like, honey, get rid of the frogs. And Pharaoh's like, no, I'm not letting this God win. And his wife's like, honey, if you don't. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'm getting rid Moses, get rid of the frogs. And he says, I'll let your people go. And God removes the frogs. In fact, I think it was on this one, Seth, where he even, uh, he even said, just to let you know God's God, I'm going to let you pick the day the frogs get rid of. And uh, I'm going to let, let you pick the day so you'll know it's my God that got rid of the frogs. And guess what? It might have been this plague. But guess, guess what day Pharaoh picked? How many of y'all have picked right now? Today. Guess what day Pharaoh picked? No, he, for this one, he picked tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> because I think he wanted to have his magicians on it another few days so he could take the credit from God, but it wasn't going to happen. So next day, the frogs are gone. They're gone. But guess what? Pharaoh doesn't keep his promise. So guess what God does next? How many of y'all know what no seams are since you've moved to the island? Oh, Christine, when you were dreaming of moving off Long Island and coming to beautiful Pharaoh, when you were coming from Cleveland, right? And, 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 and coming to this beautiful island, how many of y'all were dreaming of no seams? <laughs> and how many of you think, that, why in the world does somebody not come up with a cure for no seams? Because <laughs> there is none. It's to remind us of this plague right here. And by the way, oh, no, you haven't tried the, I, I love when people just move here and like, oh, I was at the flea market and I got this new, like, uh, oil. And it works until it wor- you spend all this money on this new oil. I'm just going to tell you all right ahead of time. They'll, they'll take you. You spend money on this oil and it'll work for a day, maybe two days. And then after that, once you get used to it, then the noceums start eating it. <laughs> and it doesn't work. There's nothing for noceums except sun and wind, all right? So guess what God does next? There's gnats everywhere. Can you imagine noceums everywhere? Dude, I can remember fishing in the mosquito compounds back here by little mud and having to be there before the sun comes up. And I'm getting out of my truck and I'm literally sucking through my nostrils noceums. Have you had your sinus cavity full of noceums? You should try it sometime. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get in the water really quick because one thing you realize is noceums can't swim. But these gnats are everywhere. And guess what the magicians are trying to do? What are they trying to do? What do you think they're trying to do? No, they're not. No, they're, they already know they can't cure it. They're trying to make more gnats. <laughs> Why would you make more gnats when your sinus cavities are full of gnats? Well, just to prove that we're more powerful than God. But guess what? They couldn't make the gnats. God said, no, nah, I'm not going to let you make anything now. I'm going to start showing you who's, who's God and who's really God. Pharaoh's heart got hardened more. Guess what happens next? How many of y'all ever been like in the woods up in the panhandle of Florida or central Florida before they covered it with concrete? and had black biting flies and yellow flies biting the mess out of you. Anybody ever had that in the woods? Yeah, dude. Everywhere there were flies. But guess where they weren't this time with this plague? With the Israelites. God said, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to show you I'm in charge, and I'm going to have flies be everywhere. There's this big black swarm except in the land of Goshen. And that way you know there's a difference between my people and your people. 
So Pharaoh's trying to deal, wheel and deal, because he can't just submit to God. Aren't you glad you don't try to wheel and deal with God? Camille, aren't you glad you have never wheeled and deal with God? You just say, yes, sir, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Can you imagine Pharaoh trying to wheel and deal? He wheels and deals and like, I'll let you go. And then he breaks his promise again. Moses, man, this doesn't seem like it's working. So help me out. I know y'all are getting ready to fall asleep. We got a few more minutes right here. I see this guy yawning. Help me out right here. I, I'm calling you out right now. Ready? You ready to go, bro? All right. The only way you can keep going is to forget about your plans, to accept God's plans, implement God's plans, trust God's plans, and then do what? Hold on tight, man. That's the way. It, that's what's got to happen. Exodus 9. Only a few more chapters, Terry, and we're there, baby. All right. Guess what happens next? Hey, if you guys don't let my people go, I'm going to kill all your livestock, and not a single livestock piece of livestock is going to be killed in Goshen. So guess what? Um, Egypt's livestock die. Israel's don't because Pharaoh's heart's hard. He won't let them go. And um, so he even sends spies over to check. And later, there's more stuff killed by hail and stuff. So I'm thinking some of his people went and stole some of the livestock because they had to have more things to be killed. So they probably stole them from the Israelites. That's just speculation on my part. But the bottom line is Pharaoh wouldn't let them go even after all the livestock of the Egyptians is gone, but none of the Israelites is gone. <clears throat> so guess what happens next? Now, who would be so bold and admit that they've ever had a painful boil? <laughs> Don't How many of y'all know somebody that ever had a boil and you looked at it and said, ugh, <laughs> you know, There's a show on right now called uh, the, the pimple, pimple, pimple popper doctor. How many of you ever watched that? Would you just be honest? Yeah, it's kind of gross, but you want to identify with this. Yeah, she takes these boils the size of babies, and she's like poking them and squeezing junk, and you, it just looks painful. But check this out. What God says is, you know what? If you don't let my people go, guess what? Moses is going to take some ashes, flying them up in the air, and wherever all those ashes spread with the wind, there's going to be boils. Everybody has boils boils everywhere. Can you imagine what a mess is, uh, Egypt is at this point? And, and the magicians, what are they trying to do? <laughs> now they're trying to get rid of boils, but because they even have boils. And does Pharaoh finally say, I give in? You know what? I can't sit down because I have boils there. I can't stand because I have boils there. I can't lay down because I'm covered with boils. I can't, I'm covered with boils. Can, where can I not put pressure on my body? And boom. You would think he would say, I give up, I quit. But Pharaoh's heart got what? Hard. Don't ever let your heart get hard. Man, if there's things coming in your life, maybe God's trying to redirect your steps. But Pharaoh's heart got hard. So guess what? Everything's at left. All of a sudden, God throws hail down. Hail and fire, which is lightning, dude. Kaboom, kaboom. Everything left is destroyed except what is in Goshen, where the Israelites live. <coughs> Pharaoh's pleading for relief. Please save us, save us. Man, Moses, help us out. And Pharaoh gets relief. But what happens to us sometimes when we beg God for relief and God now takes the consequence? God fixes. What, what happens sometimes to us when we get relief? Anybody want to say? We get relaxed. We get relaxed. When we get relief all of a sudden, man, you can have one heck of a prayer meeting in the belly of a whale, can't you? But once you get out of that well, it's like, oh, I got it now. I'm good, God. I got it now. And that's exactly where he was. When the consequences were there, man, he's begging for relief. But as soon as he gets relief, he hardens his heart. How could Moses keep going with this? I mean, can you imagine going, all right, God, what do we do next? Oh, yeah, next we're going to do this. Next we're going to throw a lot, you know. Uh, God, this is not working. Do you see it's not working? But Moses kept going. Alec, Alec, what was he doing, man? How could he keep going? Alec and Carrie, the whole McIntyre, the whole back, oh, except my wife. No. <laughs> we'll work on that. What are we doing? Forget about my plans. Accept God's plans. Implement God's plans. Trust that God's plans will work and then hold on. Moses was holding on for the long run. So guess what? Exodus 10, only two more chapters after this. Threat. Uh, God says, okay, anything that's left, that is left from anything, anywhere, the sprouts that are going to come up from the crops that are coming later, I'm going to send locusts. Egyptians now start pleading with Pharaoh. And they're like, Pharaoh, don't you see what's going on, Pharaoh? Don't you see what's happening, Pharaoh? This has got to stop. 
His own people are complaining, but what was it that would not let Pharaoh stop? He's in competition with God. What's that P word that won't let us stop when we know we need to? What? Pride. How many of y'all know that once you're double dog dared, you can't quit? I double dog dare you. You can't quit now, buddy. Jared, I saw you do that when you were little, Jared. You and Matthew double dog daring each other to do stuff, and y'all are stupid enough to do it. That's where Pharaoh's at right there. Grant, that was when he's little. Don't worry about it now, Shay. He's, he's much more mature now. All right. Again, Egyptians plead. Pharaoh doesn't listen. Uh, Pharaoh does. He sort of tries to deal, wheel and deal. But God's like, I'm not bargaining with you. You and I aren't on the same level, bro. You, don't have, you ever wondered why you haven't had lunch with this God yet? <laughs> you know, you're not in the same league as me. I'm not wheeling and dealing. You don't want to take what I'm offering? Fine, locusts everywhere. And so locusts were everywhere eating everything. Pharaoh begs and the locusts were removed. Pharaoh's heart's hard again. And so now God says, oh, dude, it's almost over. And he just throws this down. And he throws three days of darkness that you could what? Man, go read that in God's word and let that sink in. Have you ever been in such darkness you could feel it? That's what, it was so dark you could feel it. And it was dark for three days. They didn't have batteries. They didn't have, man, it was dark. And they could feel it. Pharaoh pleads, still trying to make a deal with God. And he's like, no. You and I are not on the same level. But his heart is so hard, he finally sends Moses out with a death threat. He says, get out of here. You see me again, you're going to be dead. Well, Moses had a few parting words, you know, with him. And uh, in Exodus 11, really, Moses goes and tells his people some things, but he also tells Pharaoh that all the firstborn in Egypt are going to die. How would you like to give your people this thing? Okay. We're getting, God's going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt, but I want you, before we tell everybody that, I want you to go collect jewelry. <laughs> what? Go collect jewelry. Go to all the strangers in your condo who you know aren't believers and go collect jewelry. Hey, I'm here on behalf of God, and I would love to have some of your jewelry. And could you go do that? You give it a shot, but what would they? No, get out of here. You know, you give me. But seriously, that's what he's saying. Go collect jewelry. Go collect clothes from them. Tell them that's what you want. Moses tells Pharaoh, all the firstborn in Egypt are going to die. God tells Moses that the Egyptians will beg them to leave. <laughs> that doesn't sound very likely. But the only reason Moses could keep following is because he what? Forgot about his plans, accepted God's plans, implemented God's plans. He did what? Trusted God's plans. He lived in that trust. Do you think there were any leaders in Egypt or in Israel and Egypt trying to tell him to stop? Do you think any of his own people were trying to discourage him and say, stop, this is not working out for us either. But he had to trust God's plans would work and then he was holding on tight. Look at this man, Terry, you want to see this? What chapter are we in now? 12, this is the last one right here. So here's what he says. This is where we all started at the beginning in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28, when it says, by faith. <clears throat> How much faith did it take Moses to get to this point? Quite a bit of it. How many of y'all would have quit with two million people in opposition and a harebrained idea if you're not walking in faith? How many of y'all, if you were not walking in faith, would say this is a harebrained idea? Yeah, all the way along. And boy, wait, this one even gets better. <laughs> He said, okay, man, on the 10th, I want you to go to the pet store. How many of y'all are going to the pet store and picked out a little puppy, little, you know, little, little, a fish even, you know? And if you pick out a little pet, he said, on the 10th, I want you guys to go get a perfect male lamb or goat. I want you to go get this. I want you to bring it home, and I really want you to take special care of it. How many of y'all are good so far with that? Okay, I'll go get me a little goat and take good care of it. Now, me, I'm thinking curry would be a good way to take care of it. All right, but that comes later. All right, so on the 10th, go get a perfect male lamb. Take special care. They were supposed to love this thing. And then on the evening of the 14th, kill it. How many of y'all have a hard time with that? Why am I going to, either I'm not going to take good care of it, and I'm going to learn to hate it, or I'm going to love it, and I'm not going to kill it on the 14th. But God's got a plan. And you gotta, you, 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 you got to forget about your plan. you you got to accept God's plan. 
You've got to implement God's plan. You've got to trust God's plan. You've got to hold on. And, and how many of y'all are so, Katie, you take care of animals. Could you imagine God telling you to do this? No, your heart's breaking right now. And they didn't know that this was a picture of what the Messiah would be later. They didn't know that until later at this point. All they know is this is the plan. Go get a goat, take care of it, and kill it. Or a lamb, if you think goats are offensive. Now, when you have all that blood, at this point, I'm thinking most people want to just kind of get it away. I don't want to think about it. I, I just killed an animal, didn't do anything. He said, no, I want you to take that blood, and I want you to take some hyssop, take a weed, and I want you to smear it on the doorposts and on the sides of the door. And then I want you to roast it with fire. And then I want you to cook some bit, or make a bitter salad and some bread with no yeast. Now, this is the plan. Karen's like, dude, Mermaid Cafe, man. There it is. We roast That's all good. But wait, God, aren't you giving us a plan to escape? Sounds like you're making a, 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 a menu. <laughs> Sounds like this is a culinary cooking class. You've got some specific regulation. What, you know, God, how can this be the way out of here? You know? And these are specific things. Now, we could pick this apart and may do it one day and talk about how it all represents Christ. But the point today is that it took great faith for Moses to go tell the people, all right, I got your escape plan. Elders, come together. Got your escape plan. You guys ready? Go get a goat. Go love it for a few days. Kill it. Smear its blood on here. Eat it. And make some bitter herbs. And what was the other part? And bread with no yeast. How many of y'all would be like, no, dude, we can put yeast in this bread. Man, I like bitter herbs. I'm gonna, can I put ranch dressing on it? You know? I, I, how many would y'all have questions? Right now, some of you be like, does it have gluten in it? <laughs> you know? Was this farm raised or wild raised? You know? Was it like, you know, all these things. Dude, this does not make sense as an escape plan. But yet, this is God's escape plan. Oh, and he says, and no leftovers. Dude, well, I don't really like eating goat, man. My family doesn't like goat. Can we do cow, God? <laughs> We're not goat eaters, God. We're not lamb eaters. We're, you know, and, 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 and she's allergic to bread, you know, and to gluten and all that. You know, so, but no leftovers. And when you eat this time, it's not a luxury meal. I want you to get fully dressed and have your bags packed. And, and that blood on the door is going to save you. Hey, Zane, what would happen if they would have missed any one of those directions? <clears throat> no, but because of Moses' faith and leadership, everyone else did exactly what they were told, and not a single Israelite was messed up in all of this. Moses told the elders, the elders told the people, and what's this last part? Tell me this is not a miracle. I could not get you guys. Hey, I would say, guys, Driftwood, we're all going to lunch together, and I'm paying the bill. My wife just passed out. Uh, I'm paying the bill. Where do you want to go? How long do you think it would take before we agreed? <laughs> Everyone obeyed. And you know why they obeyed? Because they had faith in Moses, who had faith in God. And guess what happened? They were saved, and they were begged to leave with what? and clothes, all two million plus of them. And guess what they did with all those jewelry and clothes later? They built a tabernacle. <laughs> they took care of them and sustained them in the wilderness. God has a plan for everything. But the only way you're ever going to get to experience this plan, everybody just one more time, stand up and we're done, man. We're done. That's it. And everybody go full motions, man. Stretch out if you have to. I don't want you to pull anything doing worship aerobics. All right? The first thing is the only way this is going to work for us, and it's the only way it worked for them, is that, one, get your brains, get it, start working it right now, and help me out. What's the first step, too? And the next step is to put it deep in your heart and there's no better plan than God's plan and that leads you then to implement. implement. I'm not seeing some of you implementing. Alright, there we go. And then you're going to try to get discouraged and depressed in the middle of all of it but the only way you keep going is to trust that God's plan will work. And then once you've got that far, you do what? Hold on tight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us this story. Thank you for even giving us this cheesy little acrostic and all these 
little cheesy hand motions. I pray we never forget. We never get stuck in this acrostic of faith. I pray, Father, that anytime our plans start getting in the way of your plans, Father, we would forget about them and remember just yours. I pray that, Father, when our plans, our wants, our desires, our, 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 we feel they're better than yours, we don't really want to accept yours, but we, that we will accept your plans in our life. I pray, Father, if there's anybody sitting on your plans right now, waiting for everything to be perfect, you'd show them it's never going to be perfect, that the time to start implementing your plan is when you say to. Father, um, I pray that if there's anyone distracted from your plan, discouraged from your plan, depressed because of all kinds of consequences and circumstances swirling around, that today you would just redirect their thoughts and you would teach them and give them confidence and encouragement to be able to totally trust in your plans for their life and not let anything get in the way because we're only here a short period of time. And Father, I pray that when we do that, we would hold on tight because when we're in the middle of your plans, we get to be a part of something supernatural that only you can do. Unlike when we're in the middle of our plans, where it's just what any other person can do. So, Father, I pray you would do something so supernatural today in each person's life that only you'd get blamed. I pray, Father, if there's somebody here that's not sure they're going to heaven when they die, they're not positive that, um, that they've got a home there, that they're a child of God, Father, I pray that um, today you'd give them a desire and ability to believe that they're a sinner and that sin has to be paid for. And they can either pay for it by dying and going to hell or they can accept what Christ did on the cross. Give them the ability to believe that what Christ did on the cross is sufficient to pay for their sins. And even though they may have a lot of questions, we all have a lot of questions, I pray you'd give them enough faith to just surrender themselves to you, believing that what Jesus did on the cross pays for their sins and make them born again and let them have assurance that they have a home in heaven, not because of their righteousness or unrighteousness, but because of Jesus's. Father, I pray you would increase our faith and I pray for these things in Jesus' name.